News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete, and uh, we've been listening for the first hour to Kyle Rittenhouse's testimony. He took the stand today in his own defense um, in his mur- in the murder trial. Uh, he's uh, you know there's no doubt that he shot and killed Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber while they were all at uh, the riots slash protests in August of 2020. Um, and in fact, Rittenhouse said that repeatedly. And the prosecutor kept hammering away that you intentionally used, uh, you intentionally shot Joseph Rosenbaum. And he said, yes, he acknowledged, yes, this he intentionally shot these people, but he kept saying, I used deadly force to stop the threat from attacking me. He kept saying it. So obviously he was, you know, coached. I'm not saying that in a pejorative way. If anybody's on trial, I should hope you listen to your lawyer when they tell you things to say and how to say them. Um, the DA, I'm not sure. I mean, he threat, his actions, his two lines of questioning that he uh, undertook today prompted the defense to threaten a mistrial, uh, to, to file for a motion for mistrial, and seemed to be, I mean, that seemed to be something that the judge in the case was willing to entertain. And maybe that's the point here. <clears throat> maybe that was the point, to try to get a mistrial so this way you can come back at him at some other uh, venue. I don't know. It, 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 I've never seen a judge react the way this judge in this case today uh, yelled at that prosecutor. But then again, I've never seen a prosecutor start trying to, I mean, because th- th- what happened was he initially opened up with this line of questioning, you know, like you intentionally shot, you intentionally shot. And Rittenhouse keeps saying, you know, deadly force to stop the attack. And then he says, this is the first time you've told your story. And that prompted an objection. And then he said, you know, you've had the benefit of watching videos and reading news articles and he said, look, uh, you know, I, I avoid uh, reading about the case. I've avoided watching anything about it because he says a lot of it's just not true. So he just, he says he avoids it. And then he says, oh, well, you've heard testimony. And at that point, I'm like, this is a really weird line of questioning because, of course, he's heard the testimony. It's his trial. That's kind of the deal. You're supposed to be able to hear the testimony against you. And to have your accusers be named, right? To stand in front of you and to face your accuser. Okay. What the DA says, the guy's name is Thomas Binger. He says that uh, I'm trying to, uh, he's trying to sort of build this argument that Rittenhouse may be tailoring his story. The problem is, is that we all have a constitutional right to not, be compelled to testify if we don't want to. And so his silence should not ever be seen as guilt. You should never, as a prosecutor, never draw attention to the fact that the defendant refuses to take the stand, that the defendant won't tell people his side of the story, and then we should assume he's guilty because we have the constitutional right to not have to testify and self-incriminate, right? So... I don't know, like, the. I mean, the judge says, you. he says, this would be a grave constitutional violation. He says, you're right on the borderline. You may even be over it, so you better stop. 
And so the prosecutor did. And then, a few minutes later, he proceeds down this um, line of questioning, trying to get at, well, he's trying to get entered into evidence some previous statement from 15 days prior to the shooting, prior to the protest, where Rittenhouse made some statement about uh, wanting to shoot looters and rioters, that he, he wanted to shoot looters, specifically, I should say. And he said this, he was not armed at the time, right? It wasn't like he was running around, I'm going to get me some looters. Didn't do that. And what the judge had ruled in the pretrial motion when they discussed this, the judge says the circumstances between what you're, this incident you're bringing up then and the facts around the actual shooting, they're, they're not similar. And so I'm, uh, unless something happens in the course of the trial, he's like, this is, you know, uh, he denied that motion to bring that stuff up. And the assistant DA tried to work it in today in violation of what that judge had told him. And that's what prompted the the yelling. <laughs> All right, uh, let me go over here to uh, Dean. Hello, Dean. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Dean. Am I just not hearing that? Or no, it's just Dean not there. Well, I would tell him to turn his radio down, but uh, let's see here. How about we go over here and see if Doug is there? Hello, Doug. Hey, Pete. Hey, what's up? Just wanted to throw in a quick clarification. You made a comment earlier that you wouldn't use hollow point bullets for hunting, but that's absolutely not true. Um, hollow point bullets are highly effective for hunting, and the reason is because the uh, the bullet peels back and it, and and it becomes about twice the normal diameter mm-hmm. of when it comes out of that rifle bullet. That causes the bullet that to then. Uh, essentially slow down to zero mm-hmm. and stay in the animal. Right. But the point there is it does more hydrostatic damage to the to the tissue and, and to the animal. Mm-hmm. It's more likely of, of putting it down yeah. Did in you a hear, humane fashion. Right. Did you hear the second part of what I said, though? Absolutely. I've been listening to you. Right, right. Well, I said, what did I say, the second part of that sentence? I don't have it word for word. What did, what did you say, Pete? Well, I said, why would you use it for hunting? You would ruin all of the meat. That, that's what I said. You, you don't, I'm not you saying don't you, ruin the meat. If yeah. you were a hunter, you would know that. Yeah. Well, I'm not a hunter. So I, the way I use hollow points versus FMJ would be for self-defense home protection. So that's the point of using the hollow but, points is that you, don't, you, you, that you don't use them for, you don't use a full metal jacket in a home environment because you don't want it going right through your target and into other parts of the house, right? You're correct about that. Right. So the hollow point. Ruining the meat. Right. So when you blow, so you, so when you uh, shoot uh, with the hollow point and it rips apart all of the meat, that doesn't ruin it. Pete, I just told you that the, the it, diameter is. I, only that's not what I asked. What it does it ruin? It came out of the barrel. Does it ruin the meat if the hollow point rips its way open and through the tissue? Only the part where the cavity was created, but that's only a half an inch in diameter. Right. So it ruins the meat. You're still wrong, Pete. You, I, I, you just want to you want to be right so bad. No, well, I, I'm just saying I didn't think people used it. Look, I I just told you I'm not a hunter. I the hollow point FMJ argument for me was always about home defense versus um yeah versus yeah for a home defense, not from a hunting perspective. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't begin to know how you would use hollow points out in the field if you're a hunter, except for the fact that I was always under the impression that you don't. 
That's what I said. Well, and I'm and I'm just calling to let you know that in this case, you're wrong, and and it's not a big deal. But no, but you. I'm glad you called. I'm glad you. No, I'm glad you called, Doug. So everybody can know that all of the hunters can now uh, rest assured. I appreciate the call, Doug. Yes, thank you. And is Dean now back? Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Well, Dean, if you want to stick around, you can tell me I'm wrong on something else. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought I was pretty clear in my like in what I said that it. Well, oh, whatever. Uh, what do we got here? We got uh, Boomavon Cannon now, and they're still in a break. I believe they've taken a lunch break in the courthouse. All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. This, I, so a couple things. Just number one, like I thought, again, I thought I was perfectly clear, and I said, why would they use it for target practice? I thought that's what I said. Why, uh, why would they use it for hunting? Do, don't you use the FMJs? For the target practice, the hollow points, doesn't it ruin the meat? And what was his name, Doug, that just called in, I think? Yeah. And so, and look, this is the thing about, um, it's like, I, I, I own a firearm. I do not hunt. I thought that was clear as well. Um, and so whatever ammo you would like to use for your hunting, you go right ahead and use it. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Um I always thought that the benefit of the hollow point was that it tore stuff up as it stopped inside the target. And that might be a benefit depending on what kind of game you're hunting. Cause that also was sort of a line of like, this is, and this is why I was even hesitant to take the call because this is what happens. It's like when you say a clip instead of a magazine, you get folks who call in and say, it's actually, yeah, I understand this is a very important hobby for a lot of people. I get it. I do, uh, yeah, I I really don't care. <laughs> I, I don't like I I purchase the kind of ammo that I need and I'm not a hunter, so it doesn't matter to me what kind of ammo you prefer. But let's uh, run down the rabbit path, shall we? Hello Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, Steve. Um I, I'm a former US Marine and have training in multiple weapons. And the reason why you really wouldn't use a hollow point to hunt with is, especially coming out of a rifle, a rifle is a ballistic weapon, meaning you want to hit that target as fast as possible over range. A, tar- a hollow point slows down over range. Hmm. So that's why in the U.S. military, you don't use hollow points. You use full metal jacket in their ball rounds. There's a tumbling round. When it comes out of an M16, right. an AR-15, that round is light. It goes in and it stays in because it bounces around. It's a light round. In so order to do if as I was much. Hunting a deer, I wouldn't want to shoot it with a hollow point that just goes in and gets stuck partially. And I want to punch through and get to the heart, get to some critical component to knock that animal down. So, do you think would it matter the size of the animal you're hunting? It would. It would matter the size, but also with a rifle, you're yeah. still just not going to use a hollow point. Yeah. All right, Steve, I appreciate the call. Thanks for your service, and uh, you, I think you said you were a Marine. Happy uh, birthday, Marine Corps. December 5th. All right, buddy. Thanks. Let me go over here to Will. Hello, Will. Welcome to the show. What's Good up? Good afternoon, Pete. Hey. Hey, just want to let you know we miss you up in Asheville. Oh, but thanks. I did want to throw a comment in on this real quick. Yeah, go for it. Why not? Okay. So, and this will actually help with some of the trial coverage you're given, a hunter will use that hollow point because if you're an ethical hunter, you're looking to put that animal down fast, mm-hmm. and you're not shooting the meat. You're shooting the lungs. You're shooting the heart. Mm-hmm. 
I mostly bow hunt. I go for a double lung shot. It's the most ethical kill. It goes in the lungs, doesn't ruin any meat. And if you can shoot that hollow point the same way, it's very effective. It goes in the lungs, it expands, that animal can't breathe, it dies instantly. So you can use it for hunting, but it's not recommended. The, the ballistics are better. The ballistics are... So you prefer the hollow point the, over an FMJ, despite what Steve just explained? Uh, no. Some people... Do. I, I don't usually hunt with a rifle, but right. if I do, I'm going to use a ballistic because it will penetrate. All right. But some hunters do use the hollow point because they wanted to go in and expand those lungs and take down the vital organs. You're not hitting the meat at all. Yeah. Sounds like a... Is this a big debate in hunting world? Yes. Ah, interesting. <laughs> all righty. Thank you, Will. I appreciate the call, man. All right. See ya. It's... All righty. Tim, what's your opinion on all of this? Hello, Tim. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's just basically this. I don't know why people want to go off on the tangent and these arguments about, about bullet types. And, and as it relates to the trial, I wish Kyle had known the difference between a hollow point and a full metal jacket because a hollow point and on defense is designed for the maximum kill power. It's going to destroy everything it hits inside that person. Mm-hmm. Whereas a full metal jacket bullet is much more survivable. That was always my impression, but again, I'm not a hunter, and my only approach was always home defense. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it's yeah. much like the argument, like when I first started exploring this, like, do you go with a pistol or do you go with a... Because people said, you got to get a shotgun, Pete, because a shotgun... Nothing's more scarier than the racking of the shotgun. I'm like, I'm not interested in trying to scare somebody with the racking of a shotgun. I am interested in stopping a threat. What's the best weapon to do that? And... And when you start exploring, though, the shotgun, then you start looking at, okay, what kind of uh, ammo do you use? And if you are in in a home environment and you've got loved ones around, you do not want one kind of ammo over another kind of ammo. So there are all these different types of debate, and they really come down to how you intend to use it. Yeah, and I think if Kyle had intended to take guys down to the processing center and get some Slim Jims made, then uh, there would have been a reason to avoid hollow points. (laughs) That wasn't what he was trying to do. Yeah. I wish he had a difference. Yeah. Well, but it makes sense, though. If I mean, he said he didn't even buy the the ammo that his friend Dominic did, who, as I said earlier, I think Dominic's going to be in some trouble. Um, But apparently Dominic bought the gun, bought the ammo, and that they were using it for target practice up at his property in some gravel pit. And so in those circumstances, that makes sense. That absolutely yeah. makes sense. And then they just yeah. went out there with the guns and didn't, they probably didn't know it. I mean, Rittenhouse didn't know any better. Right. And I, I feel kind of feel bad for Dominic. He's probably going to, he's going to have to wash uh, tire treads out of his shirt. Yeah. He got thrown <laughs> under that bus. But there you go. All right, Tim. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Doug, totally right. I was totally wrong, and again, not a hunter, so I wouldn't know that. And he was right about that, too. So just for the record. For the record, it's time now for some news. And by the way, no, I did not intend to talk about any of this today because I didn't anticipate Rittenhouse taking the stand. Um, So we'll get to some of the other topics, like the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school board meeting. That's going to be fun. (laughs) 
Talk 1110-993-WBT. <laughs> I don't have, look, I don't, <laughs> I'm just reading some of these emails and stuff. It's, I have no ill will towards Doug, the caller. I have no ill will. I just, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's like the vaccines. It's like the vaccine talk. It, it, people's antenna go up and it's just, dare I say, seizing or pouncing. I don't want, no, I shouldn't say that. But it, it's, it's, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know, it's like a, it, it's pouncing, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it always happens. Monica says, I knew it would turn to gun talk. That's what it, it, it kind of, it, yeah, it kind of generally does. Um, and I've said this for years, so this is not about Doug, but I've said this for years is that uh, one of the biggest turnoffs to non-Second Amendment people, like people who are not gun people, one of the biggest turnoffs is gun people. <laughs> it really is. It, 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 like, they're just laying in wait when you use the wrong word to describe the clip or the magazine or, you know, whatever, bullets and rounds and ammo sizes and this, because like now this debate, because this was apparently, see, this is a debate. Now, again, not a hunter. So I have no idea, had no idea that this is even an argument, that this is up for discussion, up for debate inside hunting circles. I didn't know. Why would I know that? I'm not a hunter. But now I've got a debate raging. So here's one on Twitter. That guy would be wandering around looking for his deer for a long time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know who he's talking about there. <laughs> Who's looking for the for the deer? Because it's running around. I don't know. Uh, here's another one. Hollow points deliver rapid, expansive mushrooming. This slows the projectile upon target impact and limits penetration. For whitetails, this doesn't pose much of a problem, especially at close ranges. For larger game with tougher hides, including elk and even wild hogs, as well as deer shot at long range, this limited penetration could prove problematic. A shallow wound channel, no matter how wide, is not lethal if it doesn't reach deep vital organs. So, again, like I don't care. I appreciate uh, the the email, Joseph. Uh, like, I, because I'm not a hunter, this stuff doesn't matter to me. So, yeah, I. But I mean, I appreciate that you guys like have this hobby, and and you it does matter to them, absolutely. But <laughs> but it doesn't matter to me. Oh well, I've already have missed yeah. it. It's, I've already missed it. It's too late. Oh, it is. Sorry. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, looking at a note here for, for producer John. All righty, so what I actually spent all of last night doing was watching the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board of Education meeting because that's the kind of guy I am. I will sit there and watch these meetings because I'm a giver. I do it so you don't have to. Um, first off, this is just one quick uh, note here that the mask mandate... In the schools, it will remain. This was uh, the school board member, Sean Strain. This was actually, he objected to the fact that the mandate uh, or the masking policy, the re-upping of the masking policy, he objected to the fact that it was buried in the consent agenda. He did not appreciate that. And frankly, I didn't either. But um, I'm glad he pulled it out for separation so, so as to comment upon it. And here's the reason why he thought it should not have been buried in consent. The expectation is that in the coming oh, hang on days... Hang on, hang on. So he, he started off by saying that the Mecklenburg County Board of Commissioners 
Um, they have already, remember what, a week ago, they modified the metrics that they were using for their mask mandate, right? It, it was 30 days in a row of having the percent positive of cases, um, a 30-day stretch. And they realized that was problematic because if you got to 29 days straight where you had your case positivity rate below 5%, then you hit the 30th day and now it goes to 5.1%. Now you got to start all over again. They were like, we're never going to get out of the masking. So let's take it down to seven straight days, rolling seven-day average kind of deal. Um, or not average, but a rolling seven-day window. So if we can get seven days in a row, then they're going to repeal the, the mask mandate. That's the idea. And so... School board member Strain's point here is that the county is already looking to wind this down. The expectation is that in the coming days, few weeks, probably less, all the guidance is that it's likely that the uh, the county mandate will be lifted. And so it will then be incumbent upon us to revisit this. I'm surprised that this isn't an action item tonight because I think it's a conversation that has been occurring in our community. It's been occurring within the Board of Health, and someone suggested that it be passed through on the consent agenda. Um, I think a conversation needs to be had on this uh, in terms of modifications. Um, A month and a half ago, we talked about the need to establish some sort of data metrics, some sort of guidance. We did. Uh, the superintendent brought forward a set of data to be considered. Um, well, there, there were no thresholds set, etc. And so in the last conversation that we had about this, a number of board members said, look, when we get to the point where our public health department says that a mask mandate is no longer necessary, then we won't be able to support. I I recall at least a number of members saying we won't be able to support a continued mask mandate. That's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Quite possibly over the next couple of days. That we will get to a point where our county mask mandate is lifted. And so I'm surprised we're not having this conversation tonight. That's all I have. Okay. Thank you. Is there a motion to approve consent item E? So moved. We have a second? Second. All right. Um, all those in favor, please raise your hands. Any opposed? Okay. Madam Clerk, our consent agenda is approved. Seven to two. There you go. No debate, no discussion, nothing. So, the, So what happens if within seven days... Like, what happens if it goes to 4.9% tomorrow and it stays that way for seven days? Is the school board going to come back in, like, an emergency session or something to, to lift a mask mandate or what? I somehow doubt it. And, and here's why. There's, um, let me see here. Where is she? Carol Sawyer. School board member Carol Sawyer. She started off her report because all of the, the school board members, they do a report the, I don't know why, like, but they, they give their own little speeches at the beginning of the meeting here, and this is how she started off her speech. Thank you. Um, before my announcement, 
can I just remind people that masks are required in this building at all times? As you'll see it posted there, Mecklenburg County is under a mandatory indoor mask mandate. There are exceptions. Um, excuse me. Um, it's not your turn to speak. Um, I just want to acknowledge that it's National right. School Psychology Week. Indeed. And we're all crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. The, but but this this kind of uh, virtue signaling, grubering I call it gruber grubers these are the these are I, don't, I hate the term Karen gruber is a better term Hans or uh, Rolf Gruber rather Hans Gruber that was from Die Hard Rolf was the the boy that was the boyfriend of uh, Liesel I think was her name and he became the Nazi and then he ratted out he blew the whistle on the von Trapp family at the at the Abbey remember at the very end of the movie spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, I just I think that that was I think Gruber is a unisex term as well. And it really captures the the Nazi element authoritarianism, I think. Uh, but that's what this is. I look around. I see people not wearing masks like and the, somebody screamed out. There are exceptions. And that person's exactly right. Stick to your knitting. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I thought I would inspire some confidence in, in the school system with you. I have right here the entire superintendent's report from last night. This is, if like, you are now going to, like, have a whole bunch of confidence in the leadership and the management of your school district. Because I know there's been a lot of stuff going on. Lots of wait, oh, wait, did we, did we find another gun today. Has there been another gun found today? I'm just checking because it's a day that ends with the letter Y, and so usually, like we're due for one or two now. So, uh, so there's that. Do we have any more accusations of sexual assault or sexual assaults being uh, covered up or dismissed or something like that? Do we have anything like that? Okay. By the way, I do have an audio clip from last night's meeting. Along those lines, that will prompt probably new outrage. Um, so here is the superintendent's report. Again, this is meant to instill confidence in the competence of the leadership. I want to begin this evening by addressing a topic of highest importance, and that is student uh, school safety for students and staff. Uh, we just invested a significant uh, amount of time uh, at the beginning of our school board meeting um, in working toward improvement and student outcomes. And if we are to focus on that core mission, we must have safe schools. Our students, staff, and families must be confident that we can carry out that expectation. Mm -hmm. uh, to okay. date, we have found 15 guns on our campuses or transportation vehicles. That is unacceptable okay. and reflects broader concerns that all of us as members of this community must be willing to address. Okay. Uh, there have been some recent media reports um, about shootings into occupied dwellings uh, in our area, and those are on pace to exceed last year's totals, which itself represents a 75% increase since 2018. All right, so you hear what he's doing there, right? He's talking about the increase in 
shootings into occupied vehicles and homes. And so, see, it's just, it's a, it's a massive spike in crime, in shootings in general, and that's why all the guns are showing up at the schools, I guess. I think that's the connection he's trying to make there. That is to say this, that guns coming onto our campuses are a sign of broader angst in the community. Broader angst. So broader, my message... So wait, I think broader angst. I think, I think I saw them open for leftover salmon back in 1998, I want to say. Tonight is this. CMS serves more than 140,000 students countless thousand more family members and approximately 19,000 employees. Each of those represents a precious life and we must not allow guns to injure or kill any of those individuals. All right. Next, I want to share um, a brief statement regarding Hawthorne Academy. Well, wait, whoa, wait, wait a minute. That's it? That's the statement? Just that every life is precious and we need to make sure that kids are safe. All right. Well, I mean, okay. So that doesn't actually inspire a ton of confidence. Maybe his statement on Hawthorne will. Let's see. There are ongoing investigations underway. And at this time, the principal and unassistant principal have been suspended with pay. Now, I want to move on uh, to another topic. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. That's, you've, that's the report? That's the report. His entire report, by the way, lasted about four minutes, just under four minutes. And you heard half of it, more than half of it. And the rest of it, he's then talking about some $50 million grant or whatever that they put out there to try to improve academic performance or something, and their, uh, their, the, the deadline approaches on the request for proposals on that. So, yeah, like that's, I don't, that's the whole report. That's pretty surprising to me, considering the amount of media attention that the assaulting and the guns have had. But what do I know? Like, I'm, you know, I'm just a media guy. Although, apparently... I could become superintendent with that resume. News is next.